0: Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's the day treating you?
1: Day's going really well. Huge announcements today and a really fun episode overall.
0: We've been uh, teasing it for a long time. I've been personally teasing it on Discord for the last day or so just like absolutely making sure people are tuning into the show so hopefully you all are listening right now but yes as henry mentioned we got a big announcement but besides that we're going to be breaking down the monsters within event and covering some of the best map features in the history of apex and what the future of map features could look like before we do the announcement though we make sure you want we want to make sure you join us on discord to chat apex find teammates and receive third-party updates link is in the description
1: all right big announcement. Thanks to our generous patrons. We have reached our goal of launching a video podcast. We will release our first video episode on November 3rd on YouTube. If you're interested, please go subscribe, take a look. It's looking very, very cool so far. I'm really excited about it. But more importantly than actually (laughs) reaching the video podcast, um, to celebrate We have designed a movie premiere style full-size third-party poster. The design was in collaboration with the incredibly talented Amber or Muse Creative on Instagram. And I'm incredibly proud of this epic poster. Please go check it out and let us know what you think. We're only selling 30 posters, so it's a limited edition piece of third-party history. Plus, each will be signed by Shay and I.
0: I am so excited for one this poster. I mean Amber's work is amazing. It's been the background on my phone for I don't even know how many months at this point. So the fact that she was able to come in and help us out was amazing. The poster looks awesome. You'll be able to check it out on the website like Henry was saying and we'll have the link for it in the description of this episode. It'll be on all the socials so you should be able to find it. But if you can't just DM us and we'll still send it to you directly. No yes, problem. Soon We'll be smiling at you every week on YouTube, and hopefully, you all enjoy it over there. Uh, we've been trying to teach ourselves the ropes for lighting and video and such, and so hopefully, we come in with a little solidish quality for just a couple podcasters.
1: <laughs> hoping, hoping that it's solidish for sure. Um Yeah, it's different uncharted territory but we got a good team behind us jp is going to be putting in a lot of extra work uh, on the video editing side so it definitely takes a team and we appreciate y'all for listening and supporting
0: appreciate it so much with that though let's dive into the news First piece of news, the Monsters Within event is now live. So started October 12th yesterday uh, and is going to be going until November 2nd. So with this event comes a couple of things. The first, Monsters Within packs, 40 new items, all rarities except for common. Each pack is going to cost you 400 Apex coins. You'll get one event-themed item per pack. And you can also get these items in normal Apex loot pool so from just your regular apex ticks and you can actually get multiple event items in those packs and so for the people that have spent a lot of money ilu was making a great video on it where they he's like i've unlocked every blue item in the game so it's 100 coins for me to get two of these themed events versus spending 400 to get one of them because of the pack limitations But the other crazy thing about these cosmetics, which we need to talk about, is that they will permanently enter the loot pool and be craftable after the event ends. And then after two seasons, the crafting cost may be reduced from the collection event style cost to the normal craft a legendary skin, etc. cost.
1: Kind of crazy. Really nuts. I mean, this is unprecedented. And the cost normally for these events is $2,400. And then a base legendary is 1200 so an event skin in the past has not only been limited edition uh but also twice the crafting materials so
0: these will be 2400 for the mm -hmm. next until the next two seasons just to clarify like
1: yeah but the fact that they may be reduced later is really crazy and it's tough because this event is really special all these are kind of Halloween-themed, so I think a lot of players want to be able to wear their Halloween gear for Halloween,
0: yeah. but
1: it also begs the question, do I want to save money and save my crafting and get them later? It's mm-hmm. it's tough. I think this was kind of an interesting event to launch this kind of system. We'll see if it continues.
0: Yeah. And then the nice thing is, is that If you love a skin and you don't get it in a couple packs, you will have the opportunity to get it down the line, unlike those collection events. Other stuff happening, though, with the Monsters Within event is the Dia de los Muertos sale on October 26th till November 1st. That's going to come with a new Octane bundle with a Day of the Dead-themed skin. Really fantastic looking. It might pull my money out of my pocket. It's it's a top-tier one for sure.
1: I really like that style as well. I think that it's a cool look and they do it really well on all the legends they've done it so far with.
0: Totally. And we're also getting the LTM, LTM ish, maybe the wrong word. We're getting the shadow Royale game mode the last week of this event. So that's a returning event for And anyone that doesn't know when a legend dies, you return in shadow form. And this is the one where you return and help your team still try and win and not the original one that was just the crazy free-for-all chaos incredibly like fast just trying to melee and destroy everybody alive which i know some people were actually hoping for the original version to make its way back how do you feel about shadow royale
1: it's cool i mean i know it's a it's a serious fan favorite you know i'm winter express Mm -hmm. you're probably winter express um the highlight for me is just the king's canyon at night you know i like the look of that a lot i think they have some really cool features in it so i'm looking forward to that and skull town so there's there's something for everybody i think
0: yeah there will be some good vibes everywhere and it's always fun to have the modes mixed in but the other update that has come is a new arenas map entitled encore released yesterday out now Let's read from the patch notes and get some of the basics of the layout and some of the lore essentially behind it. And we'll chat a little bit more. Encore is located on Sears' home planet, Boreas. Don't remember what we said it was called. And is one of the main arenas where we've seen fighting. Sears' most ardent fans would often cluster to watch him duel there. This map is open and offers strong environmental awareness. Good teamwork and strategy are key if you want to succeed in this arena. The layout offers combat over two high ground power positions... On one side, we have a VIP lounge. The lounge platform provides direct combat. Flank options in the interior sections bring good clutch opportunities and strategic ways to dominate fights. Across the VIP lounge is the performance stage, establishing control there. Depends heavily on support fire from your teammates. The flanks on top of the seat ramps are wide and exposed, and the middle of Encore is devoid of high ground positions and separates the stage and lounge platform. I haven't gotten the chance to drop in yet. Very busy today. I know you have, though. So give me and the listeners some of your first impressions of Encore outside of the fact that, at least from these pictures and the art that we've seen, it looks fantastic.
1: It looks really good. We, we've been anticipating this map for a long time, so I think mm-hmm. it's finally here. Um, I'm really excited to continue to play it. Um, my initial reactions are, Like you said, it's beautiful. I love how it looks, Um, but it is open. Just as described, it is very open. Um, Not a whole lot of verticality, despite the two uh, raised platforms on the left and right side. Um, I would categorize this as a difficult arenas map, Uh, just based off the first impressions. I do not think this is uh, similar to Overflow and that it kind Mm -hmm. of has defined areas where, defensive playstyles are maybe more favorable um mm-hmm. i think this one is very aggressive very fast you feel exposed um but those are just initial impressions we'll certainly be talking about it more later on
0: yeah we'll give you guys a breakdown at some point in the future and kind of give some tips and tricks down the road but yeah some of the other cool stuff that's coming with this is we are going to a new planet for the first time in a long time in the Apex universe. And that is quite exciting. Talk about some of the features we're seeing there that, you know, maybe are signs of things to come. And we'll talk about it later today, uh, but also hopefully in the near future.
1: Yeah. I mean, Boreas, new planet, um, it kind of comes from the name of a wind goddess. So we may have some sort of allusion to weather. And in that, in the actual map, we have signage that says there's deadly warning that Mm -hmm. for weather so that's interesting and something Mm -hmm. that maybe we've been anticipating and maybe would be good um but really that leads to maybe this is the the tropical map that we're hoping uh this next season it won't actually be on guy it'll be on Boreas. um and think that because the weather illusions and then palm trees on this arena's map and then just having a completely new skybox so actually looking like we're on a completely unique planet is something that it's hard to believe would be designed strictly for an arenas map. You know, that's kind of a big project to to endeavor on. So a lot of teasers, I encourage everybody to play this arena's map and try to look for some teasers, look for some Easter eggs. Cause I think it's here.
0: Yeah. It's going to be really cool. I'm super excited to see what is to come and yeah, I'm excited to hop in and play this one very soon. Next piece of news though, Apex Legends on Steam has gone from a positive rating to mixed after many players have left very low reviews lately kind of based around server issues and I know we talked about it before the show. There's some serious frustration and justifiably so right now with servers in Apex Legends. I know we say we just want people to play the game and and they can't, and they're making the voices heard on Steam, uh, maybe that's one way uh, you get some developers' attentions and have it be a bit more of a point of emphasis, potentially, in the near future.
1: Yeah, it, it really breaks my heart to hear people that are struggling uh, to play the game, because that's all I want for everybody. I just want you to keep on third-partying, keep on playing, um, and for some reason, you know, Shay and I both have been impacted by the the more recent server issues, but holistically, we've continued to play Apex because servers are pretty good. You know, there's the mm-hmm. issue here and there, but overall, I would bring up my average to definitely being able to play and enjoy the game the vast majority of the time. So it, it breaks my heart that people aren't having the same experience, and I hope that something positive comes from this. You know, these. Reviews might be some sort of indicator, but I also have faith that the people behind this game want it to work Mm -hmm. and are working on it. I, I do think that it's harder than many of us understand, and sometimes the problems that people complain about aren't as huge as they come across as. I think people exaggerate a little bit about some audio issues and some bugs in the game when really it's a br there's a Mm -hmm. lot to enjoy and a lot more things that work really well than not you know like right now everybody and their abilities work let's just rejoice you know like the there is no broken bracelet (laughs) it's good it's a good time Mm -hmm. to be playing apex so if we can get over these server struggles and people can actually play the game i'd love to go positive into the next season
0: Yeah. Hyperbole is uh, the human's best friend, I think, uh, in terms of characteristics. And we'll talk about it on Saturday. Stay tuned for that episode. Next piece of news, though, an Apex Legends comic was posted on Twitter called Finding a Path. In it, we look to be further exploring horizon's quest to reunite with her son, her relationship with Lillian Peck, and then teasing some more ash and information and such. It it looks like in those last frames, we might be seeing horizon go into the tunnels in Kings Canyon, where we found ash in our original quest a long time ago. And then, you know, also rev had to show up at the end. who's probably going to murder horizon from the looks of it. So we'll see how that goes. Could really put a damper on the storyline. Uh, But maybe he just doesn't want to be the only murder bot in town if we are really potentially getting a Titanfall character, Ash, coming to the game. But love these comics. Love seeing the lore on socials and uh, everyone having access to really learn about our characters.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ash would be next level. The Mm -hmm. OG Simulacrum. I don't want to hype up anybody more than they already are so i'll just try to pace myself you know as we go along in the next couple of
0: weeks but We're working on it
1: <laughs> trying to pace myself but i can focus in on the fact that i really like this story with horizon like this idea of reuniting with their son still the concept of time travel and what the implications of that would be
0: every universe has different rules so i'm excited to see what uh, apex does if they're gonna pull an end game and throw some shade at back to the future again and uh (laughs) we'll see we'll
1: see so i'm happy to focus on that for the time being i really enjoy that part of the lore
0: and before we get into the main topic of the day and talk map features here's a quick little story update is essentially what we're going to be calling it so the first apex chronicles have wrapped up old ways new dawn storyline and so for anyone that hasn't had the time to do it themselves may have missed some stuff uh, and they kind of want at least our breakdown of it um here it is we get to explore a bit of bloodhounds lore though by dropping into the games tracking a prowler and then taking a night trip to world's edge through the firing range in the grand finale Throughout the story, we're really seeing Bloodhound's connection to the old ways and them struggling with their actions. At one point, there's even a quote of them thinking to themselves, dishonor stains all I touch, like blackened bloth. Oh, black blood, essentially. And we have the white raven that Bloodhound has been following, which essentially I think is acting as a messenger between Blood and their ancestors, expressing disappointment in Blood's decisions. As they say, Bloodhound was the one meant to usher them into the future, but instead wallows in desire and plays in the games. And so, I don't think uh, the old ways are super happy about this blood sport being played on their grounds and uh, dominating essentially, and Bloodhound being a beast at it. <laughs> yeah, and then. In the grand finale, we see Bloodhound in a way confronting themselves, starting with or stating that the All Father guides us all. My parents, Boon, to talk of responsibility for all is to talk of the power of the gods. I am no god. I am not nothing. I am Bloodhunter. Really, we get these chronicles. We can talk about the process of them and if we enjoy it or not. But I just got to say, the lore was more than I was expecting. I think it was really special and a really, really cool finale scene that reminded me of a quest where we were exploring stuff outside of the games for the first time in a very long time.
1: Yeah, I liked it as well. I think that from a story perspective, it was really cool to to have ancestors, Arthur, speaking with Bloodhound. I was incredibly shocked with their disappointment. They were yeah. rude. They were mad at Bloodhound and the the end of that the finale Bloodhound saying I'm not responsible for everything I can't control everything in the world like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a god I think that's relatable you know yeah. sometimes bad things happen sometimes harvesters destroy your entire planet can you stop that <laughs> sometimes it person. feels like you should have you know mm-hmm. but I think it's a really cool story to know that Bloodhound is embracing the fact that they have good in their heart, they're trying to do best, but they can't control everything, and they need to focus on what they do best, and that's be Bloodhound.
0: Yeah, be Bloodhound, be yourself. Apex continues to have great messaging across their games and characters and it's really great to see and coming from i think you know i just played military sims for a long time which were pretty straightforward we're we're really branching out with these kinds of storylines and expression of self we're we're very much fans before we kind of talk about some other stuff I kind of want to get your thoughts. What were your opinions on the process in which we kind of got this story? Did you enjoy the dropping in tracking in game? I I went about it by solo filling. I don't know what you did particularly. Um, I got lucky. I didn't get just like killed off spawn or craziness i made friends a couple of times at the very beginning um i know in our discord we had a lot of people expressing some frustration with not being able to complete the story and the quest because they were just getting destroyed each and every time they dropped down
1: that's funny because i had great luck as well i okay no filled solo queued and i did it all without dying
0: yeah like, i did too i know. i it, yeah i saw people showing frustration people were
1: having horrible experiences yeah. Which really is sad. Um, I feel bad about that. Um, I thought it was cool, Shay. I thought it was cool. I like doing things in game. I'm not sure if I'm the biggest fan of having objectives that really deviate from playing the game.
0: Mm -hmm. You know,
1: like it seems kind of tough because in order to do it, you really have to not loot. Not drop where you want yeah. to. And You're throwing
0: <laughs> away a game in a way and
1: that's not great. I always preach play for the win. Yeah, and doing this was not playing for the win. Um, and and I also while doing it, I did think the the inspects were cool, but mm-hmm. I also worried about how much of this is transferable to another story with another legend. You know, yeah. like this whole interaction with tracking is just right into bloodhound's abilities totally and how could you do that with somebody else i know you had some kind of cool ideas for what a story might look like but the interface i think was just so perfect with this one i don't know if they could do it again
0: yeah it, it's gonna be hard to replicate i'm glad you said i had some great ideas because i'm honestly not remembering them off the top of I'll my tell head you. okay yeah tell hit me up what were the you, great ideas i came up
1: you with? you were <laughs> saying that you want loba to be finding some gems. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah.
1: And yeah, have some crossover with Rev.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that I would
1: f- be cool. It'd be kind of like a, a treasure hunt, just like that.
0: that the, doing it as a treasure hunt is a is a good concept. I was thinking that more so as that like scene outside mm-hmm. of the yeah. arena. I think finding the scene in the arena is hard. Art. We already do have a precedent for a treasure hunt kind of thing with Loba, though. So maybe there is something there in that frame. But yeah, Yeah. it was really exciting. It was really fun. And I I enjoy these apex moments where you drop in and, you crouch spam and people decide to not kill each other to do the quest together i had that happen twice and it's a really fun time seeing people kind of come together to appreciate the apex legends lore because uh, there's not a lot of lore going about it's on social media all the time and stuff not a huge community behind it all the time and so it's really exciting to see people that care and i know that our community enjoys it as well so it's it's a hit for sure Outside of that though, we also got the epic bloodhound skin, the Nilfheim Hunter, which we just kind of wanted to bring up what Nilfheim is and what Valheim is, essentially pulling from heaven and hell of Greek Greek and Norse mythology, essentially. So we're really seeing the influence of that essentially continue to play into apex with Olympus as a map and the backstory of bloodhound kind of wanted to bring it up. Feel free to expand. If there's anything else you wanted to mention though, beyond that.
1: No, it's a really cool skin. It has the white Raven attached to it, so which cool. is awesome. And this idea of the title of it being the Niflheim Hunda is pretty much hell dog yeah. in, in kind of Norse mythology. So yeah. it's cool. I like it. Um, I think it's a really cool spin on Apex lore to include that um, just because it's grounded and relatable.
0: Totally. And I will say, I saw some people kind of talking about it on socials. Like, I don't think this Bloodhound White Raven skin is setting a precedent for us to add skin colors to the droids in our game and such. I think this is very much like Maybe we'll get something like this for each Apex Chronicle or something along those lines where we get a skin that kind of alters something about a Legends kit that is not then replicable anywhere else. But I don't see this as the reason, at least, that we would go get, hey, I can get a different skin on Crypto's drone hack each and every time around. So that's kind of my opinion on it. I could see it going either way, though, down the line. Agreed. Before we get into the main topic of the day, though, here's a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's rake it down. Are you ready? I'm, I know that we always talk about map features off the show all the time, so we'll see if we can translate some of those deep conversations onto the show for the first time in a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things that kind of slips through the cracks, honestly, totally. I think. Um, normally, when we talk about game updates, big season releases, we focus on the balancing and the, the new legends legend. yeah. um, and sometimes there are really cool new map mechanics that are really impactful and maybe just incredibly fun and mm-hmm. we don't really pay too much attention to them on the show but like you said we talk about them a lot off the show and I'm excited to, to dive into it here um, I guess to introduce the conversation a little bit we're not going to be discussing town takeovers Uh, So they don't count today. We did an episode on that, which I highly recommend. Very happy with that episode. It's a good listen. Um, And we're not (laughs) going to do... Not so subtle
0: plug. (laughs)
1: Yeah, have to do it. Um, But we're not going to count legend teasers either. So Mm -hmm. the instance when Octane's launch pad was put around market before release or Horizons Gravity Lifts, we're not going to include any of those things. So just sticking with map the
0: more permanent aspects yeah Yeah.
1: permanent features um and then we're also gonna mention them now not later but we're not really gonna focus on loot ticks cargo bots or marvin's um they fill the same
0: function in each map like a a lot of these features we'll talk about do different things and you know, those those it's kind of come to expect. There's going to be a way on each map to get loot in a separate way. And so if you want the breakdown of it, there it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, not too much to say. So just getting that out of the way at first. Um, But how we're going to run things is we're just going to go chronological, talk about each new map feature. And then at the end, uh, I may circle back and talk about which ones really rise above as the best map Mm -hmm.
0: features. And hopefully talk about some of what we think could come in the future that's right because you've been right. getting
1: crazy on twitter out there <laughs> yes i've been getting a little out of control we will see what happens but you're getting ahead all right? <laughs> so starting off you know season 0 preseason, first real map feature that we got was the supply ship
0: the ship of death
1: Which is a real cool one, you know, high tier loot, moving around the map. Uh, There was even times later in seasons where there would be two supply ships. Um, But now I'm getting ahead of myself. Um,
0: (laughs) It's exciting because you get the one off drop in Kings Canyon back in the day, and then we would eventually have the second one kind of come flying in. But that first one off drop was so cool because it is this if you are kind of a hot drop fan and you want a chaotic game, but you didn't want to go Town, you're probably going to get contested here. And we didn't do it a lot, but there's a lot of people I know that really enjoyed the chaos of, I jumped off and like, I, I couldn't, I didn't get a gun or something. And then your teammate gets abandoned. One V three it's over. It's just kind of like the utmost, like, Oh, we're spread out throughout the map. We got fight back now. Kind of vibe.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If you enjoy chaos, you can embrace it with the supply ship without a doubt. Um, I think on top of just this idea of embracing chaos and dropping hot, the supply ship's pretty cool because if you like that, you can drop there every single game and have a really unique game mm-hmm. each game because the path always changes. You're going to jump off at different points. It's going to land in different locations and may or may not become a pretty significant power position mm-hmm. in that area of the map. So it's a cool feature, I'd say. You know, it it changes the map. It offers loot. It offers fun and act acts as a tactical advantage in some cases. So I think it's a pretty cool one to really start this list off with.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're playing ranked on OG Kings, when the games would fly by super fast, like you could drop on the supply ship. And then if you won it by the time you landed and got off, there could be six squads left. You're getting free RP. So that's right. Great. you're untouchable up there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, Moving on to now season two is kind of when the next major map update came, mm-hmm. um, and we got the introduction of both the flyers mm-hmm. um, with loot boxes and in cages, and then we also got the Leviathans invading the map.
0: How many times did you die from the Leviathans lifting its leg up Too and then... <laughs> long
1: ago, I don't know, Shay. I, I, it was I a pretty avoidable pretty one,
0: yeah. Well, this one was fun because it was like, if you're a season zero player and you dropped in to Apex, you're like, I see these huge Leviathans on the horizon. Okay, come on. They're bound to come in eventually. But you didn't really understand the size and scale of them, I think, until they were on the map. And then you started to realize like, oh, these things are massive. They destroyed everything. Oh, and now the flyers are also kind of coming and also as the secondary kind of fun play function.
1: Yeah. Um, Having Leviathans come in and destroy bridges and cascades was bittersweet, but the fact that their legs would raise and you get loot and get crazy (laughs) with it was pretty interesting. And then you could also hear the sound of these feet coming down across the map. So... With this update, there was a lot of interesting audio changes because we got the same thing with the flyer cages, you know, like a Mm -hmm. sound trap almost that if you're looting an area and you run by these flyers, you're going to be heard if there's enemies around that POI.
0: Just don't kill the ones in the cages though, guys. Like, I I don't know. I could never bring myself to have that level of animal cruelty in Apex. (laughs)
1: The best way, just crouch, let them do
0: their yes, thing. I they mean, they've vibe. been
1: locked up for how long, Shay?
0: <laughs> long, pro- long, long time. time. And those are small cages. They yeah. can't go flying like their friends that they go see all the time that were just having a great time all around. <laughs> yeah. If we think that
1: a season of Apex is a year in the Apex universe, these flyers have been locked up for eight years. So... They're ha- they're taking an L already. Uh, be kind to them, but that was pretty substantial. New mechanics added to the map yep. in terms of blue and sound and. All those fun things.
0: And just totally great aesthetic. Like it was a, a phenomenal trailer in which these guys kind of came in and destroyed the map. And it was it was the first function that kind of set off this joke of, okay, new map. Okay, let's destroy map. Like that kind of train yeah. and cyclical cycle. And so it, it was cool to see it happen in this way, though. It really, I think, played to the fans that kind of were wanting this for a long time.
1: Oh, yeah. 100%. And then in season three, of course, we got World's Edge. So a new map. And with that, a lot of new features. We got the train. We got the loot vault. And then we got lava. Where to start? Yeah. All three pretty impactful things to approaching the whole map and mm-hmm. how you play, to be honest. Uh, kick it off with the train.
0: Yeah. The train was just beyond exciting, I think, to like watching the trailer the train looked so cool with the crypto and Mirage scene on there, having a fight Bangalore ult coming down while it's on the train. And then kind of like in the teasers and the early access stuff, I, I feel like the train was getting a lot of hype from the streamers as like, oh, you can really get some good loot. And then the train played a role in Ranked where people were like, we're going to stop it and use it to kind of transport our way around the map for a while there. It was a really cool function. It affected gameplay in a massive way in terms of being on the map and having to have the railroad infrastructure be cleared, something that obviously changed down the road and uh, I think for good reason. But for a while, this was just a huge, huge impact on the games.
1: Yeah, I, I have to agree with everything you're saying. I think that I still miss the train, honestly. Totally. I think yeah. that it I was- Winter Express. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's always going to have a special place in our hearts. Um, but the idea of it posing a difficulty to map design and that you have to have these clear pathways or tracks, I get that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't a huge- crazy dropper always landing train and risking the the fist fight. But I really liked the idea of using the train to rotate. I just think that's such a cool feature where you can use this kind of armored vehicle to get around the map in a pretty safe way. Um, I thought it was so cool.
0: Yeah. It, it, I remember how many times we were just like, hop on the train or you got to run to yeah. the train so we can get to the next POI. It, it provided a lot of really good fun, I think, in terms of just a pubs game having a really good time for sure but yeah outside of that season three like the loot vault being introduced that was really innovative obviously we did an episode kind of talking about things that were copied from other games and this was one of them with Fortnite. Um, the ability to find the key from one of the cargo drones and then have to reroute yourself and go to a Probably pretty dangerous area. They tend to be in these choke points pretty heavily, but be rewarded with the high tier loot. It was a very interesting gameplay effect because if you found a vault key, it was going to alter completely how you played the game unless you just wanted to ignore it.
1: Yeah, I I think that when we were dropping Mirage Voyage, we would often get keys to the vault just yeah. because mm-hmm. there was a, a bot that cycled that area and it's so close to the, where that train yard vault was. Um, so we really used the loot vault a lot. I'd say it was quite impactful to how we played and it's a risk. you know. First, you're gambling on the likelihood of getting a key and then mm-hmm. are you in the vicinity of a loot vault and is the ring going to allow you to do that? And then once you get there, are people going to be camping and waiting to wreck your life or are they going to when you come out? So it's really something that takes a lot of strategy, honestly, to get the goods out of. Um, But yeah, you're right that it was copied. And I really liked the implication of Loba into the whole loot vault. The fact that she could actually steal for a price Mm -hmm. using her ultimate. I thought that was a really great connection to the apex lore and a really cool map feature like the loot vault.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really cool way to see the lore actually impact the map, and that was that was something really special. The lava being the last Season 3 feature, it, it is what it is. I feel like, you know, we could talk a little bit if we wanted to. It's cool how they kind of control and block off some areas, but for the most part, it's as expected in video games, and uh, don't run in it, to say the least.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't not run in it. I, I think that... Uh a lava fissure, kind of how the lava is underneath most of the buildings and platforms. Yeah. I think that's a an interesting place where the lava was in season three, because unlike the dome, where it's kind of lava throughout on the ground level, you can pretty much avoid it if you want to, but you also have to go over bridges to not touch it. Yeah, And lava siphon, or, not lava siphon, lava fissure, mm-hmm. um, you could use the lava to kind of escape or flank because nobody's going to go run in the lava. And yeah. it really isn't a death sentence. So, mm-hmm. although I do not condone going in the lava, sometimes in those end game situations where you're ratting, you got to burn a little bit. So,
0: let it burn, let it burn.
1: <laughs> kind of a cool feature. Moving on to season four. We got something pretty cool that I think is overlooked and is included in our list because I think we both like it, and that's Weapon Racks. Um, first introduced into a new POI in Season 4, which was Survey Camp, and then later on uh, with Trials. Weapon Racks really cool, but the other one that was introduced with Season 4 is Deep Lava. So the lava <laughs> kind the of... updraft. The updrafts mm-hmm. uh, separating both east and west fragment and destroying capital city
0: man i remember when that the deep lava the lava fissures i don't remember exactly what their in-game terminology is i like deep lava when they were introduced we were like what the heck is gonna happen when i like jump into one of these i think the updraft was a really good kind of gameplay situation you're very vulnerable when you do it so there is no reason to jump into the lava but it is much nicer than like a just fall off the map, Olympus style kind of thing, in my opinion, at least.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I got to applaud the developers on that one because I agree, we didn't know what was going to happen. And honestly, death would not be fun and being able to just kind of flow over it would kind of defeat the whole purpose and it would take away from some of the mobility legends. So what they did, I think is great. I don't think there's ever a case where you are not knocked and deciding to jump into yeah. these lava pits. Like and so I think it really accomplished the goal of separating areas, creating meaningful boundaries, but still allowing you to navigate them with mobility legends and not be insta-killed, you know, if you accidentally fall into one. So I really think they did a good job with that, but let's circle back to the weapon racks.
0: Yeah, the weapon racks uh, we thought were very impactful. Not thought are very impactful. The ability to drop somewhere consistently and know you're going to have guns, not be reliant on the floor or care pack or loot bins, uh, is something that we valued a ton. We even called Survey Camp, you know, our like number one ranked drop for a long time there, just because we felt it was very nice to probably walk out of each one with an R301. We did think for a while at the very beginning when it was introduced, it was going to be the same guns each and every time, not this kind of random rotation that we ended up getting. Uh, But this is definitely a function that I've quite enjoyed and I will always enjoy kind of seeing a weapon rack and any sort of map feature that we, we get in the future. Just add some consistency to a game that is inconsistent to say the least.
1: We, the weapon racks predate the podcast but this was probably our most hyped feature ever in the game. I Mm -hmm. think we were probably more hyped for weapon racks than we were for a new map, (laughs) to be honest. Like we really did think that it was just gonna be a rack of our 301s. And we thought they were gonna be like
0: kitted too for a while. Like when we were looking at the trailers, we're like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be it. This is gonna be the introduction of like blue guns or purple guns and stuff. Like we definitely thought this was gonna do a lot. (laughs) to the games yeah so a little short on that one
1: (laughs) little short but still really cool and you know this was also back in the day when the loot distribution was completely different like you weren't getting guns out of every poi not guns Mm -hmm. you were confident in so this i think was a pivotal step in elevating the quality of loot and the distribution of weapons um, as a whole so this was a big one probably overlooked by many but a little piece of history that we really like.
0: Let's get to the next one. It's also overlooked by many.
1: I do not know why, but <laughs> in season 5 map update to King's Canyon, we had charge towers introduced.
0: Wild, I feel like, to say Ex- the least. Explain the ab- to me how that could be overlooked. Also, it's like the function, I don't remember the exact seconds it takes, but you charge your ultimate 100% if you stand on the platform for a long enough time. Absolutely changed lifeline for us. We just dropped there, got purple armor for the whole team each and every time because, what, four like charge towers within a very close proximity to one another and just being able to dominate the loot in that way or shape or form? But I always thought this was so interesting because this is a game that is not supposed to be an ability game, but we're now going to create a function that allows ability spam in a way you will end up in fights where you could get two or three Gibraltar bombardments thrown on you, but we don't want the game to be ruled by abilities. It was an interesting introduction for me, but it is a tool I very much enjoy and We've had to try and get so many randoms to use it to get their ult. It's uh, it's frustrating, to say the least.
1: <laughs> it is incredibly influential mm-hmm. to gameplay on King's Canyon. And I think one of the reasons that it is or was overlooked is majority of the player base just did not get on board with the fact that the totally. northeastern side of the map is good. Mm-hmm. And Still. that's that's where the charge towers are. So there are none on the other side.
0: We tried to rig for a season uncontested. Yeah.
1: Like. <laughs> it was a beautiful time. Beautiful time. High tier loot, great rotations. We tried to tell everybody.
0: I was know, back when we were getting destroyed by Preds and ranked because we were so close, but so far at the same time. Like. True.
1: <laughs> yep. our, our peak performance. Um, but these charge towers are big because... Like you said, Jay, they allow you to use ultimates more often, and they also elevate the power of legends like Lifeline. And this was also coupled with the introduction of Loba. So you were able to actually use that ultimate with a higher degree of confidence. But even going to today, I still am using the charge towers with the majority of legends that I play. If you're Bloodhound, if you're Loba, if you're Gibraltar, if you're Rampart, you should really be using the charge towers. Like, I'll still drop Rig with Rampart, and I know that I now have a gun guaranteed, and it mm-hmm. is the highest DPS good in the game. So, <laughs> like, I feel pretty confident in that. And on top of Rig, you know, having Capacitor with three charge towers is just ridiculous. And that's really where we were dropping or rotating to a lot in season five and if you go listen back um, or you've listened to the whole library already you may remember that we did some testing with lifeline Mm -hmm. and we marked down every time a care package got purple armor and i i think it was i don't want to guess but i will i think it was like 30 or 40 percent chance of getting purple armor from any care package so if you went capacitor and hit all three you were getting at least one purple armor and then there's one rotating out of that so you're hitting four charge towers if you're really securing that as lifeline and that's valuable introducing new loot is huge and charge towers unlocked that for the first time for lifeline
0: yeah if you don't use charge towers get to it on this ranked split to say the least and enjoy that northeast part of the map. It's a very strong place to drop in our opinions.
1: Also in season five, we had the loot bunkers in Kings Canyon. Mm -hmm. So that was something that I also think was quite overlooked. And these were areas where some of them even had charge towers in them, yeah. but it was fixed locations where he had to open up a bunker. He didn't need a key. He could just pop the lid and there were fully kitted gold weapons in these
0: bunkers. Guaranteed, guaranteed.
1: Absolutely insane.
0: <laughs> That's why we love caustic treatments so much right now. Like
1: oh my gosh being it's able insane. to take out
0: RNG and be able to fully get a gold-kitted weapon is incredibly powerful and the loot bunker did it and you knew which gun it was every single time
1: and yeah. that did and lead
0: to some contest off drop
1: <laughs> I don't want to confuse anybody because I am against the idea of saying ooh something's gold I have to use it I have to loot it give it to mm-hmm. me I don't like you if you looted it before me I really don't think that's the case, and I don't recommend playing any game that way, Um, especially now because we have a gold charge rifle. Why do we have a gold charge rifle in rotation? I have no idea, but that's not something something I would want just because it's gold, Um, because all it gets is a a sight for that. But anyway, the big takeaway was there was a gold Prowler back in the day when it was full auto, and there was a gold. Um, devotion outside of the salvage uh, loop bunker. So these were places that I was just dropping every single game and I didn't care what my teammates were doing because I was like, I have to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. I got to do it. And this was even before gold mags were giving you the passive reloading perk. Um, But still, I mean, fully kitted with turbocharger. Like, this was incredible stuff.
0: Yeah. And and I will just also throw in that like it was such a joy seeing the lore roped in mm-hmm. with these as well, being able to play as crypto, go see the room for the teasers with the drone only. Like that was some really special and cool stuff. So this had a lot of gameplay function as Henry mentioned and it had a lot of universe building function as well and still uh still wish they were open nowadays. So <laughs> it would be nice. Truly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Truly I wish. Um but moving we right along to Season six. Yeah. The map feature that we had here that was big was the rising blast walls. Mm-hmm. Most people just call them walls. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. On top of this, we also had replicators, which mm-hmm. not really in this list because they've changed a lot. You can do a whole episode on replicators, but these map features that were in fixed locations, permanent. What do you think the impact to us?
0: These ones didn't make a huge gameplay impact to me. Our team comps are built so much around mobility that there wasn't even that many situations where I felt like, oh, darn, the walls are up. Like I need to work my way around it in a different way, shape, or form. It was a loud audio cue, like we kind of talked about, to notify people are there. And it was this interesting feature where I was like, that's kind of the main purpose, because you have to activate them to loot successfully and so really we're just saying we need to raise these walls so that way we can loot but by doing so we're going to let people know we're here it it wasn't so much playing into the function of like okay do we put these walls up as someone's rotating in and then have this surprise high ground on them i don't think it played as we were kind of maybe anticipating in the strategic mind that it could have but no, it is still fun, yeah, and,
1: and that's how it was sold initially. Like, totally, this is going to give you a tactical advantage, a key decision to make if you are at this poi or rotating through it. That really wasn't the case. I'll say on top of the audio cue, if an enemy or your, your team is there, uh, and you're raising the walls, there's also a mini map cue. You yeah. can look at the mini map and be in Lava City and know if somebody is at Countdown. You Mm -hmm. know, based off the indicators on if the walls are up or down, and you can't lower the walls, which was something that we were also thinking that you could do, which you can't. So Mm -hmm. this one was not exactly what we were expecting, and offered extremely different things than you might anticipate. But I think one of the larger ones is you can plan your rotation based off of the mini map information of. All right, we know that has been looted or we know there's a team there. Maybe we can third party them or we don't want to take that fight or Mm -hmm. we don't want to rotate through there because there's nothing there. So I think that was a major impact from this introduction.
0: Yeah, it it was a cool feature for sure. Let's get into season seven though because this is is a crazy list right here.
1: (laughs) Season seven. So the big one physically is the phase runner on the new map. And that was wild. Something that we really were not anticipating. The idea of teleporting across the map mm-hmm. is still kind of foreign. Um, and then, of course, we had the tridents, you know, vehicles of Apex introduced. Mm-hmm.
0: And these these features are so big and in theory impactful, but I don't think they fully kind of do what... I think people maybe give them credit for. I think a lot of people will say the Tridents are the reason that Olympus sucks to play on for the third partying. I'm not sure about that. And the phase runner I think is balanced very well. in your ability to not just kind of sit in there and survive in zone. There is kind of this safe period on the end, but you're also going to be at a very strong disadvantage if somebody's over there. And so I, I never felt like, okay, I have to rotate. Let's use phase runner. The phase runner was almost like this break glass in case of emergency rotate for me in a way, unless I was rotating to Rift because then you have that skydive so you have a little bit more flexibility. But the Tridents, I don't think have done essentially what people wanted, maybe not even wanted, what people expected. But I think we've said it before on the show and I just will reiterate because it's so true is that if you wanted a vehicle in Apex, this is probably your best case situation like no gun, no killing. If you get run over, kind of thing. But a fun thing to drive, great mobility still, and a enjoyable experience.
1: Yeah i I was incredibly anxious about the introduction of vehicles, and you I was pleasantly stressing. surprised. <laughs> like they really did a good job, and I'm I'm happy with the result that we got. I think the Triadens should be used. I feel like I hear a lot of people say, "Oh, don't use them. Give yeah. away your position." They are faster than light.
0: All right. Just save your, yeah, save your boost. Save your boost, and then you can get away in any situation.
1: Worth it 100%. And I already know everybody that's listening, Street Gibraltar.
0: So what are you afraid <laughs> of? Just drop your bubble
1: on the triadon. You know, Drop like, your
0: bubbles, drop your Sheila, drop your caustic barrels. Like, come on. This vibe.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's all I'm trying to say. But so the triadons are big. Um, I think we've said it before, I'll say it again the phase runner even though you're not taking the phase runner every game yeah. maybe not every 10 games but occasionally you may use it um i think the phase runner is the thing that really defines olympus
0: totally and, and i think it's interesting because you're going to expand upon it but it's yeah, not from the perspective that you would immediately intuitively expect
1: <laughs> it's very counterintuitive because Despite players not using the phase runner, Mm -hmm. the fact that there is that huge infrastructure of this massive three-part wall throughout Mm -hmm. the map dividing it, I think makes Olympus feel the way that it does, where you have this big pull to the center of the map, multiple really painful chokes around Hammond. It's because of the phase runner. I think if they didn't introduce the phase runner as a map mechanic, Olympus would play incredibly differently. It Mm -hmm. would not be recognizable. So I think that's kind of an interesting spin on a map mechanic that was huge and defined a a map, but isn't used as it was intended.
0: Totally. I mean, and something that we know they thought of as well. Like it, it wasn't like, oh, wait, we accidentally put in this huge wall. I was like no, like they want each map to kind of play and feel differently and that was kind of one of their ways of doing so. And there's a lot of interesting plays that came out of it. Jump towering over the phase runner, for example, is a very unique feature. So, it's cool to see how people play around it and it's very different as you mentioned. Like it, it changes how you play for sure by phasing and non-phasing.
1: Yeah. Moving right along to Mayhem, Season 8, we got Explosive Holds. Big one. Super big. I mean, on top of that, we had the sniper nests that you could raise throughout the map. Very limited uh, impact on gameplay in my perspective. I did recently use one, um, and it didn't work how I wanted it to. (laughs) We were, pretty, we were getting chased off of a POI, didn't have guns. They had come out of caustic treatment, fully kitted. It was a bad situation. I ran to the nearest sniper nest thinking I could get safe. I did not.
0: Well, I um, love how one of them is below a watchtower. So you're not really at the <laughs> superior high ground. Like You're just going to get not shot down close. on, and it's not, not, even, it's not close. even close. Exactly. Yeah, that was always the funniest thing to me about them. But the holds yeah. were crazy.
1: <laughs> holds are next level Mm -hmm. i cannot stress enough how insane i think these are
0: the holds fit their way into being like when we make our map breakdowns for where to drop and such we talk about a hold like we talk about a beacon where it's going to be something that If a POI has it, that's an extreme advantage and that is something that is valuable. Being able to not only get the guns out of it, but the attachments and we know this is a gun game and it's all about having that extended mag and how much that is going to change the accuracy required to kill somebody and such. It's massive to have a hold at a location and be able to access it. And I've never run into a situation where I've been near one and couldn't open it between me and my entire team. And yeah. I don't know, have you felt like, oh, I really shouldn't open it because it's so loud sometimes? Never, (laughs) never.
1: Always, always open the holds. You know, It was introduced in a time where we had the turbocharger and the anvil in rotation at the same time. So these are gold hop-ups. You're not going to find them unless you're going to the holds where they're highly concentrated. So guaranteed gold mags that match weapons and then the gold Mm hop-ups. These are incredible. And if you ask me, overpowered change the game for sure well they now, broke the game at one them. point true. leave true open yeah <laughs> but you, you can't ignore the holds yeah i think they they have to be high on our final list um and i also have something to admit which i'm not proud of i really am not But I feel like I have a responsibility to speak up.
0: Should I play some sad music right now? Like get it rolling like, oh, this is dun,
1: dun, dun. You can play it in your head. (laughs) Do whatever you need to do. But I just got to get it off my chest. So there's a bug in the game that many know about. Oh, yeah. And I exploit. (laughs) But I don't know how to avoid it. Where you can toggle the animation to use an explosive hold Mm -hmm. and then open your inventory and drop your grenades. And then you pick up your grenades and the hold is open. I thought it was going to be patched out seasons ago. I really did, but it's still there and we love grenades and I love holds. So how am I supposed to choose? (laughs) I can't. So I'm not, I'm not recommending it.
0: But do you not should do exploit
1: it. bugs, but <laughs> I am admitting that I do, and I'm sorry. So do what you want with that information.
0: Oh my goodness, that was good. Yeah, it, it's worth it for the grenade. In theory, in theory, theoretically, it's yeah, not Shay a bad would move. Never
1: admit something like that.
0: I he have would never. I've never, never ever done anything sus in this video game ever no, never of course not no. you host a podcast I for crying out loud a ethical human being
1: i know i know you are <laughs> i i have to bend the bend the rule sometimes henry's and the
0: rule bender
1: i'm when, sorry when um, i see
0: the paycheck come in every month i'm like oh man what henry do with the money laundering this month
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that right man nope. i gotta work on that um Moving right along, uh, season nine, um, no major uh map like introductions, mm-hmm. um, but we did get the new POI Icarus, and on that we got the bridge, which is essentially another version of the loot vault, except you don't have to get a cargo bot, which is incredibly random. You know, you have yeah. a guaranteed spawn of the bridge key it's going to be on icarus so you don't have to run all around as long as you know where the spawns are you can pretty much get it consistently so Mm -hmm. a different spin on it but essentially the same result of getting access to high loot in a locked room
0: yeah it was a nice benefit it's still good i grab that key every time i'm at icarus there's no reason uh, not to for sure i don't always spend the time mid-game to go searching for it unless i'm desperate for loot but yeah if i drop there i'm grabbing that key and uh enjoying those per free perps
1: yeah for sure if you don't know the spawns for the keys there's only i think less than a half a dozen like you should look up a youtube video learn them because it really they're not random You know, like there are only a few spawn points. So if Mm -hmm. you're going, if you're looting this ship, you might as well loot or check every spawn point. So learn those. It is a cool map feature, um, but not the most unique thing in the world. So not much to say.
0: The last map feature.
1: Gondolas Mm -hmm. in season 10 fixed points uh, Mm -hmm. on world's edge. Pretty cool. I mean, it's not making a huge splash onto how you play the game. Not a whole lot of end game impact or loot impact, but defining of the POIs that they're in, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I think they're really interesting. They're a great version of gameplay. I love stuff that moves across the map, and there's great clips of people like time in a getaway with a gondola yeah. and it's really fun to see in that way shape and form so i think this is a really cool one and uh like you said it kind of defines the poi which is really unique and interesting to say the least but that's all the map features like that we've gotten so far obviously outside of some of the caveats we threw in there what are what are your favorites like if you had to give me like a top three of the list that we just talked about not to just put you on the spot or anything
1: <laughs> yeah I, I, well i think that explosive holds Extremely mm-hmm. powerful charge towers, extremely powerful, and then those loot bunkers, RIP. Yeah. Like, I miss them a lot, and that's honestly gonna be my favorites. Um, all things considered, what yeah. about you?
0: I go, I think I go for a bit more of like the uh. The maybe the fun, like the gameplay impact ones. Cause like I would say the train and the trident oh, and yeah. and then I'd throw the explosive holes in there also. But like those two just really alter gameplay in such a cool and unique way that I think is really fun. And with that though, let's kinda like touch on it quickly here for a little bit, but you know, reason we brought this up in part today is there's rumors of a new map. You know, if we go by the season cadence next season, we would be expecting a map. We don't want to get anybody's hopes up, though, because, you know, we've had delays and such before, and we're also doing it for our own sake. But in theory, if we were going to get a new map, one thing Henry has pointed to is, hey, Battlefield 2042, EA game as well. We know there's a relationship between the studios and Battlefield and Apex. and really interesting weather tornado kind of in-game impacts in battlefield yeah. right now as you mentioned with the uh, new arenas map you have the deadly weather warning signs maybe this new tropical map will have some sort of map feature that impacts the game in that way shape or form what well, what expand upon the idea a little bit outside of me given the baseline for what you were kind of thinking
1: yeah i mean you can have different implications of extreme weather you Mm -hmm. know you could have a tornado which would be a really crazy style Mm -hmm. redeployment whip around mechanic that traversed the map as it does Mm -hmm. in the latest battlefield you could also have weather in the form of some sort of acid rain that would act a lot like the ring you know Mm -hmm. so that's something that could also pass over the map like a tornado and have implications to how you rotate, where you rotate. Um, I think that's kind of where the interest lies um, Mm -hmm. when bringing in weather. Um, But you could also scale that down and have it be more of an audio or aesthetic thing. Totally. You know, it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to impact your health, doesn't have to hurt you, doesn't have to help you rotate. Um, You know, you could have it just be something that looks cool and might obscure gunfire. And things like that, maybe too intangible, but cool nonetheless.
0: I think the interesting aspect is, in in like with the extreme side, and and this plays a little bit to the not as extreme side as well. So like how Battlefield does it is, I played the beta for three days essentially, like played a lot, and I, I think I hit the tornado twice. Like in yeah. two of my total games, there was a tornado, and that's not a lot. And I wonder how if Apex was going to do something along those lines, how they would rope that in. And more so because I look at it like you can throw a big map feature in like once every five or ten games probably pretty effectively in Apex on pubs and enjoy it. Well, people get frustrated by it in ranked, though, when there becomes this huge variable that they cannot predict in the slightest coming into their game especially when you start talking pro play and stuff will it be something that maybe gets disabled or something like i think that's kind of on the more extreme side of what we could be looking at and then i'd be fascinated to see how apex and a br would tackle that where you have a one life versus if something bad happens to you in like battlefield with something like that you yeah to just respawn and it's not like the end of the world that you just had a good time flying through the tornado you know so it's it's an interesting balance i think that i would love to see a br try and tackle and i have confidence that the team at respawn would be able to do so in a pretty effective manner
1: yeah it's definitely something that requires care in the style that apex is in another way you could not kill players, not harm players and do a little more than just obscure vision or sound is if this new map that may come sometime has weather, you could Mm -hmm. have a POI or even multiple that are weather stations or lightning rods where maybe it acts just like a charge tower where the electricity and the in the lightning rod charges your ultimate instantly if you interact Mm -hmm. with it you could do things like that and that would be a cool way to introduce weather um just as kind of a different skin on on one of these map mechanics that wouldn't you know rewrite the game
0: yeah uh, per se and outside of that though i think if we got a new map future features i would love something along the train or cargo ship kind of thing like something that's moving a poi in a way that provides loot i enjoy that in my personal game that's my opinion and i won't harp on anyone that feels otherwise as well i think that's totally up for debate on what's maybe best for the game in terms of gameplay
1: i'm telling you if big mod ramparts Town takeover was driving across the map i'd be happy
0: i'd love it <laughs> if you so, drive it It'll just if drive it was fire that cannon yeah yeah
1: that'd be that'd be pretty epic
0: That's all map features, though, guys. And we'll probably revisit the kind of future map features talk here soon, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. But uh, we're going to wrap up the show, though, by answering some five-star questions. Uh, And the first question, and actually the only question this episode, is coming from Sergeant Swag. Watching and listening to your streams has really helped me become a better player so much that I decided to start making YouTube videos. Seeing as you have experience making content, I was wondering if you have any tips on making good thumbnails. Love the pod. Can't wait for your next episode. I love it. I love it.
1: Thanks Podcasts so have started
0: because of us. YouTubers like it means a lot that you guys want to try and like create some content based off of what Henry and I have been able to do for us, us ourselves.
1: One hundred percent. I think it's really incredible being able to do your passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think is always something I try to encourage. Um, hard work, but everybody should stick to it. You know, totally. it, it's hard to do, but seeing. People like Nicewig and Noco signed to big orgs and be able to do this full time. It's very inspiring. So, love to be able to pass that on. Um, But swag,
0: we're launching the
1: video pod. Mm -hmm. We've done some stuff on YouTube. Uh, I don't know if you've looked us up on YouTube, but you can tell me if we're good at making thumbnails
0: or not. We've had some ranges on what yeah, we've done sure. we've tried a lot
1: <laughs> yeah um can't say we're complete experts but hoping that we can contract out find a team member to really help amp up our thumbnails for the video podcast so stay mm-hmm. tuned for that and also if you like what we've done in the past let me know because yeah. let us know best.
0: let us know what you like like we've but if you also know anyone that is a real real nice animator and can make that kind of stuff uh We would definitely be interested. Hit us up on Discord, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere. Um, But yeah, I think in general, good word of advice. Thumbnails are going to be a big portion of getting some views. That's what a lot of people will say, is having the clickbaity thumbnail. So be willing to put some time into it, swag, to make sure it's uh, the best it can be. And maybe not just like a screenshot of your video or something along those lines. That's going to wrap up the show. Thank you to the producer of The Third Party 10 who supports us as a dropship captain on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify, leave a five star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to The Third Party Podcast. We will catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.